Hi all, you're listening to the Talk is 3D podcast. We must warn you that the following podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk is 3D podcast with myself, Darren Noonan and Kevin Coyley. This is episode 5 and we're delighted to be joined by 3D United Captain Jack Lynch. Jack, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me on. No matter. How are you uh, keeping? All good, all good. Not a good weekend put down now after a good result on Friday. So, please, God, to keep going the same way. 100%, I suppose. Kevin, I'll come to you first and I'll ask what you think is bigger. Are you returning to the podcast this week or having Jack on? I feel bad for Jack. Like any other week, it'd be great to have the captain on, but clearly me coming back is the bigger story. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to agree with Kevin there as well. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, Jack. If we uh, if we if we start with uh, Friday night, good to get back on uh, on winning terms against uh, against. Why am I after going blank? Oh my god! Uh, at loan. At loan. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're lucky. I'm back, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I be starstruck, James. Do I? Sorry. I be starstruck, small, but do I? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's uh, no, look. Uh, all jokes aside, no, it was good. Um, as you say, we're finding ourselves in kind of new situations every week. It's it was good to see how we react um off the back of a loss, even the way that that came about. You know, going two 0 up against UCD and then having kind of ten minutes of man inside or side of half time and giving away three sloppy goals. So no, look, the lads put in a serious shift on um on Friday, and I thought we played super. To be completely honest, I thought we dominated most of the game. They might have had a, a bit of a purple patch towards the end, but like. I think everyone knows now at this stage that as soon as we get something to hold on to, it's 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 fairly hard to um kind of peg us back. Well, maybe against shells that didn't come um to fruition. But look, it was a super super result, and it, it puts us in a nice spot now going into the last um fixture for this round of games. All right, hundred percent. I suppose Kevin, it was, it was an all right goal in the end, wasn't it? It was good, now, wasn't it? Huh? I see him didn't. I seen Jack doing the false modesty as well on Twitter, saying it was a shank into the corner. <laughs> but in, <laughs> no, but in fairness, though, no, I thought like um. For myself and Darren as well, obviously we're doing the vital job of stewarding with the no clouds in, but we we were in the away stand out of the rain, so we had a great view of it. Like obviously it was a, a great ball from from Sean, but I think yeah. a lot has to be said as well for for Jack keeping the composure and it was a good finish, like it was a, a very nice goal to watch, like it was a very good goal. Yeah, and Darren obviously a great result again to, to bounce back from from the last previous week. Yeah, definitely, Jamie. And we we spoke about it last week, you know, we're saying this is really going to be a test like if we won this game it'd be like the momentum is back with us if we had lost it uh it would have been hard to take you know and as you were looking you were saying yourself you were you would be looking down the spot a bit but we're back in the mix now we're after turning it around which is great you know and it was a great performance from the team like you know i think we kind of tricked a lot of people before the game with the with the team you know so a lot of people are expecting people to be missing so i thought that was a good move from uh tommy in the club as well they kind of kept on guessing uh, I thought it was a fantastic performance and this squad just digs deep that's all they do you know 100% and Jack unbelievable I again. 100% and Jack what do you think was the difference between UCD and Athlone like the difference coming out of the half and, and maintaining that lead whereas he came out against UCD and maybe the concentration was a little bit low and, and they caught two quick goals yeah look that goal before half time against UCD was, was probably a killer 
But um, I think if we went in at 2-0, it's probably a different game. But we, we don't want to make any excuses. Obviously, the, the two lads being out, Shawnee and Ento, were, were a big loss. But to be completely honest, it's kind of a funny one. Like We conceded three goals, but I didn't think we defended that badly. Barred, as you say, the kind of 10 minutes of madness. I think if we were to go into that game again, I can't see us conceding three of the same goals. Like I, I've watched them back and yeah, the the second one that Sean Brennan scores, it's a good finish. He kind of just ends up in the box with, with no one within six or seven yards of him. And then the third one, like he kind of runs, kicks it. It comes off Callum and he would have been offside only for it came off our own player. Do you know what I mean? It was just the calamity of, of errors. And to be fair to Callum, he had a super game. It was probably, I won't even say he put a foot wrong. It was just, he just ended up in the wrong space at the wrong time. The, the, the ball comes off his shin and, and goes into your lad's path. So, um, Going in against Athlone, I think we kind of knew that we were that we were dominating. They obviously they had a few chances, but nothing that kind of worried us a small bit. I think obviously the if they'd have pegged us back, maybe just before half time, it could have been a, a different story, and we would have been kind of in the same situation against UCD. But thankfully, we got a uh, we got in at the break with the, with the one lead, and we were able to hold on to it then. And I don't think we gave away too many chances then in in the second half. I know Tyg makes a super save for them. Um, Shane Barnes at the near post, but a person that nothing sticks out in my mind anyway. That's as something where we're thinking, geez, we've got away but one here, you know. So, um, well, I suppose that's why we have Titan goal to, to make those big saves. You said, and Kevin, it kind of sounds like he's making excuses there for the UCD game because himself and Clyde are playing centre back. In fairness, like, I mean, I think, I think he's right. Like, I think you were very harsh when I listened last week when you basically said the whole squad was useless, Tommy should be sacked, <laughs> and we're going to finish bottom of the table. No, no, but in all seriousness, like, I think. There was not not much obviously, but I think there was a slight bit of a of an overreaction to be honest to the UCD thing from a few people. Like UCD are a good team. There was a few individual mistakes, but we still played very well. You know, it was the first last of the season, and I know like there was, there was the talk. No offense, Jamie. I think it was you that said it about this looking down. Like there was no need. There's no need to be thinking like that. I don't think until you suffer a few losses, and we've seen already that the lads can come through rough patches in games. So. Like I had enough, I had faith that they'd come out and play well against that loan. I wasn't, I wasn't sure obviously they'd win because that loan have some very good players as well. But I was sure they'd come out and play well. But I don't think there needed to be excuses for, for UCD. Look, obviously I think we could have got more points out of the game. I think that's been the case in maybe two or three games this year. But it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Like look, there was a few little silly mistakes here, and like Jack said, uh, a bit of bad luck with one of the goals with it coming off Callum and all, but. I think that UCD game, we still play very well. And Darren, I suppose a big boost to have uh, Sean and Anto back in the, the, the heart of the defence then for, for the Athlone game. Yeah, we, we spoke about it last week, Jamie. It's massive, you know. Uh, the two boys haven't put a foot wrong all season. And to be fair to Jack and Clyde, they put in a fantastic performance in midfield as well, you know. I think when um, you have that kind of spine between Sean, Anto, Jack and Clyde, they're not to, not to get them too confident at the moment or anything, but... Uh, I think it just gives Sean McSweeney and uh, Ray just a bit more freedom up front, you know. Uh, also, I was impressed with the change from Tommy when he put Joel Kostrin into the into the 10 roll. You know, I thought that opened up a lot and we could have scored again. Uh, we probably deserved to score a second goal, to be honest, in the game. Uh, so, look, it was a fantastic performance from the team. Can't complain with anything. Uh, I know it was a horrible night. The conditions were rough. But you could you could clearly see the passion was flowing through the Flowing through the lads' veins, you know. Um, I, I take it back to one instance in the game. I think that one nearly scraped the goal back, and uh, Clyde O'Connell cleared it out for a corner, you know. And he was thumping the post, and you could, you could clearly see 
they didn't want to concede that goal and to keep a clean sheet in the game like that against a decent side in that loan was I was very very happy coming away from the game you know yeah, Jack, I suppose for yourself, you played a couple of different positions as as we've all seen the last couple of weeks. Are you more comfortable in centre mid yourself or do you prefer playing in the back four? Um, I don't know. And I was asked that after the game on Friday. Like, as you say, I've kind of been moved around a small bit and that's kind of been the my Achilles heel up, up to now, really, because, you know, when gaffers think that you can kind of fill in anywhere when, when they need you to, it can, it can go against you at the same time because you never kind of nail down a spot. But I suppose when I joined Galway, um, I kind of started off in the middle and went uh, right back then, kind of halfway through Alan Murphy's last season and stayed there then the whole way through through Caulfield and until I came to Treaty. So I would say that's probably, in the League of Ireland anyways, that's probably my most established position. But when I was growing up, schoolboys and all that, and, you know, Kendy Cups, I would have played in the middle of the park. And it's just, I, I told Gary Spain on Friday as well, if I was to get a run of games, I think that would be where I'd prefer to get them. Do you know what I mean? It's it's there's something about playing in the middle that just appeals to me a bit more than than playing right full. Um so if if I was to be given the choice myself, I'd pick to to stay in the middle. But obviously with the way things have gone and rotation and whatnot, look I'll I'll fill in anywhere as wherever Tommy needs me. But um if we were to keep the kind of same team we have now, I'd be hoping to to stay put in the middle for the for the time being. So what you're saying is Tommy doesn't have a clue where he's playing. Doesn't have a notion. <laughs> <laughs> he, we had him on a couple of weeks ago Jack and he, he kind of played down the whole tactics kind of you know everything's not tactics but he seems when he goes into the game that he's a, a bit of a master tactician is this the case or is he just really really kind of calm and composed when it comes to that stuff do you know like we do our due diligence whatever we like we would sculpture our sessions to whoever we're playing and we'll do our bit of video but I'd say Tommy's best uh, trade anyways from me as a, as a player as and as a captain at the minute is he keeps everything so simple I mean you look at the likes of of Shells who are a very good competitive side probably one of the best squads in the league and to do no disrespect to the likes of Wexford there's obviously a golfing class there but the level of information he's given you is relatively the same and yet you still see that we're coming out with the same sort of output we're putting in super performances against against both those sorts of teams um, so I think the way he delivers what what he knows himself is is one of the biggest points because it's it's easy to pick up then for lads. Do you know what I mean? It's not bloody hours and hours of tape and strolling through, walking through set pieces and phases of play. It's just very simple, straight to the point, and it allows us then to go out on a Friday and have those kind of nuggets of information in mind. But it also allows us to to not be thinking too much and overthinking it, go out and express ourselves and stuff like that. So um, he's definitely uh, a super, super manager when it comes to that side of things. But I wouldn't say it's it's something we kind of dig deep in on during the week. 100%. And um, Kevin was informing me, I don't know if you know about this, but there was a bit of uh, antics with the ball boy on Friday. So Kevin, do you want to enlighten us a bit more of what went on? I don't know. I just want to congratulate Small Liam there on doing a great job of hiding the ball for the last ten or fifteen minutes of the game. Yeah, that is exactly what we need more of him. <laughs> that, that had to be done. We had to give him a shout out because he was getting shouted at from about eight different directions to hide the ball. <laughs> um, I suppose Jack, if we were to stop things right now and going on training, going on everything, if you had to pick a player of the year from from the group of lads at the moment, who would it be, and why? Well, I suppose you're calling Anto Donald or Jaramas, so I'd probably get my house be egged if I didn't pick Anto, I'd say. Darren Noonan be coming down the street with, 
24 eggs looking for me but uh <laughs> you'll be strapping I, I do, I, do you know what it's tough because you you look at the back four the back two especially I mean, Johnny hasn't played league of ireland in i don't know how long i mean the fella has an, a head like an ice cream truck he gets his head to to everything it's ridiculous um and to come off playing so sort of now he was playing high enough level in junior as well but i think the level of performance he's put in over the the first whatever round of games has been super for someone who's been out for for a long time and the same with anto um and if you were to flip that then obviously sticky is just i mean he he could walk around the park for an hour and then do something that no one in the whole country could do like i mean you see the pass the other night i was i was screaming at him because i thought he he overran it and then next thing you know the ball's in front of me i'm six yards out from goal like i I don't i don't know how he got it there but uh they'd probably be my three three candidates if i had to to pick one sticky shawnee and anto probably darren would you agree yeah, but it's early days yet, you know, so like Jack there can get himself in the mix as well, you know. <laughs> a couple of more goals. Yes, Darren. I know he's yes, confident. Like, I was, so waiting, know, I was waiting for someone to say me. I had to say it, Jack, you know, I had to give you a bit of confidence. Kev, <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's your turn to bring Jack back down to earth now. No, I'm just I just feel bad now that he feels jealous about the Sergio Ramos thing with Anto. <laughs> I was actually I was trying to I was trying to think of one with uh with Jack actually in case this situation came up and he reminded me of Stuart Ellis. So I was going to call him Ginger Dallas, but that sounded like a porn star name. Yeah. So I said I'd leave it off. It's a, P- it's a PG the... podcast anyway, isn't it? Yeah, I hope Liam the Ball Boy isn't listening anyway. So. <laughs> um, I saw Jack at the start of the season. You said there lads came from different levels of soccer in the last couple of years. And do you know the first couple of weeks, was there those kind of awkward stages or did you not have time to be awkward when you kind of got down to training? I don't think we had, we had timelines because I, I give you the, the timeline of it. Tommy rang me, I think, on a, on a Saturday. We were in training for the first night on a Tuesday, and you've probably heard it was like a, it was like a Pepsi summer camp. There must have been 50, 60 lads there. Like it was packed, and I mean it was it was absolutely jammer. So you didn't really have time. And then come the Thursday, Tommy kind of had the squad trimmed down um, to to what it is now. And from there, the only time we really spoke to each other was after we had done bloody Mick Shields had ran us for two hours, and we were talk about the water like do you know what I mean we we didn't really have even the breath to talk to each other we were so tired from doing the running but uh, that was kind of the first two or three weeks but to be fair to Tommy and I've said this as well the performances we're putting in I think are down to the, the squad he's assembled not just quality wise but character wise because it's it's easier to to kind of dig in the way we have and give that extra 10% for lads who you genuinely get on with and are friends with as opposed to like I've been in, in dressing rooms and I've no problem saying it with, with lads I didn't particularly like before not that it's been a, a a major thing that's come around either but I mean it's I'd suppose it's the exception to being a dressing room where I would easily say that all of those lads are, are good good mates of mine and I'd have no problem kind of doing the extra bit and if it was to uh, benefit the whole squad so I think that's a a major thing for for Tommy and what he's what he's put together I think it's a major feather and Feather in the cap of United, right? 100%. And we don't really talk, like talking about the short preseason because it kind of rambles on. But do you know, for, for you as a player and as captain, like, does that, like, how much of an impact does that have on you to do so much work in that short space of time and then to go on and play a match? Like, well, it's it's tough. I think you could see with, with injuries. Like, I mean, I know you mentioned there at the, at the start that we kind of were duping the press, releasing who was a doubt and who was injured. But at the end of the day, like, from being in training, those lads were struggling. Like, um, and that's that's no word of a lie. I mean, it's it's probably just we got into that sort of red zone of 
kind of kilometers covered a bit too early in the season. But sure, at the end of the day, as you say, we can't use it as an excuse anymore because we've put in some some super super performances. Who knows what we could have done or where we would be if um we'd got a whole seven or eight weeks. But at the eight time, at the same time, we couldn't have been much better. Like I mean, one last and we're coming up to our last game in the first round. I would have taken your hand off for that at this this start of the season, kind of full preseason or or not. So um I think the the lads have just been super. They've really bought into it and uh yeah, as you say, the the short preseason hasn't really affected us that much yet, please God. It, it uh, won't in future. On the flip side of that so Darren, would you say if we do end up in a promotion place or, or in around there, would a short preseason be the way to go every year? Uh, well look if we get promoted it is like <laughs> <laughs> no uh, I look you can see the confidence is building in the squad and there's going to come a stage in the season though. I reckon it's going to happen. Like I reckon there's going to come a stage in the season that they're, they're going to have to look at each other and say, right, we have a good chance to get into the playoffs here, you know? And anything can happen and no one at all in their right mind would have expected Treaty to be in this position to even be talking about this, you know? So it's it's credit to the team. It's credit to the squad Tommy put together in such a short, short space of time. And... Hopefully to God we do get it because could you imagine the buzz around the city if we snuck into the playoffs and there was buzz of promotion? If there was any chance of it all, I think the whole city would be right behind Treaty and what a brilliant first season it would be for the club, you know? Yeah, 100%. I suppose, Jack, come back to you on that. Like, I know you you always come out and you say we take it one game at a time and we, we, we don't look at the table, but has there been a case over the past couple of weeks where you found yourself looking up above the table and saying we're not too far off here at all? Um, I think probably the first time I did it myself and being completely honest was probably after Athlone or just before Athlone I should say because as you mentioned they were three points ahead of us and that would have been a, a bit of a swing had, had we lost on, on Friday so obviously it was good to get a result there but like we have to try as best as we can I think that's what we're trying to drill into lads to to keep our feet on the, on the ground and not get um, not start smelling ourselves too early because I don't think we'll really know who's going to sit where until kind of maybe towards the the last sort of couple of fixtures in the next round of games. That's when it'll start uh, coming to the fore who's going to be in sort of those playoff spots and who's not. So, look, it, it it's it's boring out to say just saying it, but we really do just have to take it game by game. Um, we're not going to get any any walkovers. We're not going to get any easy matches. So, we'll have to be coming to, to every Friday and... And um, that Saturday we have a way in Cove ready to for to get into a bit of a battle and hopefully we'll come out on the, the right side of the results like we have been uh, doing mostly up to up to now. Uh yeah, exactly. And look, you have a young enough squad and how impressed have you been with the younger lads like Callum and like Ed McCarthy coming on and, and making making marks in the first division? Yeah, look, it's it's great to see lads like that who haven't probably got or played at that level. I mean, I don't even think Callum played like League of Ireland nineteens, you know. And um, you saw him against UCD. He's just a super intelligent footballer. He knows where to be on the on on the pitch. And um, I think with more kind of time and time around the likes of Tommy and Mike McCarthy and Jer Moran on the analysis, I think that'll be the making of the likes of Callum. And then obviously Eddie is is another one who's who's put in a super shift um, so far this season. Obviously we were all disappointed um, when he when he missed the sitter. Um, against Cove you know he got a bit of stick for that and rightly so but <laughs> Red was uh, ribbing him for a few weeks but to come back then it just shows you kind of the mental the mental capacity of the young fella to, to come back and score such a super goal against against Galway um, and it's it's those sort of characters that we need around the, the dressing room in, in years to come that'll really be the making of this football club so 
Um, obviously, I'm. I don't want to name drop everyone now because I'll rant on forever. But look, there's there's loads of young lads there who, some of whom we haven't seen yet, who I see in training kind of three times a week. Who I know once they get the chance, they'll um they'll light up the first division. They've got bags and bags of talent. And I suppose does it make it easier for you in a sense the fact that there's no crowds in there at the moment and it's a young team and you don't have money supporters like Darren and Kevin shouting in at you every every time you misplace a pass or well they're there the anyways like so as you said they're there doing the shooting so I do be uh, hearing Darren and Kevin moaning every now and then when I as you say shank one out of play or whatever but uh, no look I think it might have been difficult at the start had we gone into a, a brand new season and say. Um, in a non-COVID world, you know, we we probably would have had a packed enough Marcus Field for for Treaty's first game at home, you know, um, and that might have been tough for for some of the lads. But I think the fact that we started off now reasonably well with with no fans, it's it's probably stood us in in good stead for when they do come back. You know, the all the supporters will know what to expect, whether or not we're playing our best, or you know, we're having kind of a a mayor on the pitch or whatever. You, you can you can you can say for definite that there's going to be 11 lads on the pitch who are giving it 100%, uh, whether they're playing well or not. So, and I think that'll, that's all anyone can ask for really at the end of the day, you know. So, hopefully, it will continue in the same way. Yeah, so, and Kevin, you you kind of touched on that. You said from being in there stored in yourself, you know, or whatever stored in you're supposed to be doing, you said that when crowds do get back in, they're going to love this team. I think so, yeah. Like, it's, um obviously, you know, I think seeing how well the lads are doing, people like, say, myself, who is a bit of a moaner, like maybe you need to cop on a small bit and give people a bit more leeway when, you know, when things are going a small bit wrong when, whenever we do manage to get back. But I think when you when you see the lads playing, like it's it's very, very impressive. I know watching it on the League World and TV and all is grand, but when you're there and you see the work they put in, like I think people are going to find it very, very hard to not be impressed and not like this team, you know, because all you can ask for in any time really is for a team who's going to give everything they have and, and really bust the gut for the club and especially as we said we don't like to go on about it but especially with the circumstances of how this team was put together like I, I think you really have to be negative to an extreme to not like what these lads put in 100% I suppose Jack you know things are bad now when Kevin Coyley's praising you that's that's um, that's something yeah, no, wrong in the world I'm pinching myself here just in case uh, you know I'm in a dream or something but no look he's he, he's spot on as well to be fair I mean at the end of the day, we have to look at it as it's a team that's been put together, whether we like to admit it or not, and kind of not using it as an excuse, but it's it's weeks old, it's it's a couple of months old, and we're putting in performances that you've seen week in, week out. You know, we're we're coming out on the right side of results against kind of really established teams. So touch wood we'll we'll keep going in the same way. And as you say, it'll be it'll be some boost for the lads and the, some of the younger lads who haven't kind of played in front of that size a crowd before if we were to get kind of you know even two three hundred people into the markets field it would it would give it some sort of a atmosphere because i mean we only have probably you know the two lads are probably worth 10 bloody fans themselves but <laughs> with um the, with the with the board members and stuff in there you know there might be 20 30 uh people in there but walking off the pitch even them clapping yeah is 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 creating some sort of an atmosphere so if we're able to kind of scale that up by 10 or 20 i think some of the lads would would really get a get a good kick out of it 100% and, and look you're, you're a player and you don't have too much to do with the board but how supportive have all them been of you so far oh it's it's, it's huge I mean as it, even little things like as I said they're coming off the pitch I know like the likes of Dave Mahidi and, and everyone is there clapping you on the back telling you well done it's it's the little things like that and it's probably like out of um 
out of our kind of pay grade now. But I mean, you look at Leicester yesterday winning the, the FA Cup and the owner coming on the field. That's what we're trying to to drill into the, the kind of the, that's the ethos of the club, I, I suppose. We want it to be top to bottom, top to bottom, I should say. Everyone accepts, uh, accessible and, you know, if you have a problem, you can go to anyone on the board. Um, and they've just been super, super professional. They've done everything right up to now. Um, I'm hearing that the membership has, they've marketed it super. It's got really good take up. And I suppose that's all you can ask for is for the, the club you're playing for your, and it takes on another sort of importance when it's your hometown club, but you want it to be run in the right way. And it looks like this is really being kind of, they're really doing that, I suppose, is the easiest way to put it. So um, hopefully it'll continue on in the in the same fashion and we'll go from strength to strength. And I think the way they're, they've started off is, is only um, an indicator of that will happen. 100%, I suppose. For yourself again, just like the transit, you said it's your hometown club, like, you know, but what's the transition been like for you coming down from Galway to play to play for Treaty, you know, and, and does it mean a bit more the fact that it is your hometown club? Not saying that playing in Galway didn't mean anything to you, but does it mean that just a little bit extra, the fact that you're playing for Treaty? Yeah, it definitely does. And I suppose I've been asked that, that question before and people ask me kind of what's your what's the highlight of your, of your career so far? I mean, I'm only 23, but um, like firstly, I would say the... The, the first division in Waterford or that's what people would expect me to say but usually what I what I do end up saying is the kind of the run we went on with with Galway towards the end of last year just because I felt a bit more um, involved and you know I was playing every minute of every game and I think if you were to ask me now what's the highlight of my career it would be the first sort of seven or eight games we've played with Treaty because being involved with a with a bunch of lads that we have there um and obviously coming out on the, the right side of results helps everyone. Um, it's just, it is just a little bit more special as cliche as that sounds. It, it means a little bit more to be coming off the, the pitch at the markets field with, with three points wearing a captain's armband when you're playing for the home team and not someone who's coming down trying to take the three points off, you know. So yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a special couple of weeks and please God will continue in the same way. 100%. And if, if from training and from matches, we obviously don't see, see the training sessions, but who, who would you say the quickest in the squad is if you were to put two lads down for a 100-metre dash? Who's winning? Oh, quickest, quickest in the squad. I have a bit about me, lads. I tell you what, as, as much as you <laughs> might not think, when I get going, it might take me a bloody 50 hours to get going, but when I get going, <laughs> I have an engine on me. Um, quickest in the squad, I'd probably say Willie Armshaw. I mean, you saw him come on against uh, Atlone there the other day and I think there was about a minute left and I put one into the corner for him and he had no right to get as close to the ball as he did. And I don't know how he moves those little legs so quickly, but he was up in Michal Schlingerman's face in about four seconds flat. So I'd probably say, um, I'd probably say Willie yeah, takes it. So, so players like him are making your bad passes look good? Exactly, and it's unreal. I love when they're on the pitch as well. Himself and Joel make it so easy. Um, Kevin, Darren, I suppose if we're going to look ahead to to Cabo this week again, not not to say like they're a point behind us and it's going to be another really tough game. Whoever wants to jump in there, Darren. Yeah, yes, it's, <laughs> it is. I I'll just take it now, Darren. Well, you said nothing. I was waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're back this week, Kevin. So I might leave you just. Fire I was trying. I was trying to be gracious to, since the start. Of the short returned, but uh. <laughs> That's gonna be stage, Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's gonna like that that will it is like there's there's not really too many easy games, I think, with the way the division is right now, but that is gonna be another tough one. I think um like you said, they're only a point behind us and they've taken some good results so far at home. 
I think Tommy was talking about that as well um, in his interview after the game the other day about their home farm is, is decent enough. I think uh, they're, they're a solid enough team and obviously if uh, K.R. Marty Walters is playing, they, they obviously have someone with a lot of quality there in him. But it's it's again this thing of like, it's it's impossible to go into any game now with how the lads have started and with how they've played in every game without being hopeful, you know, like without trying to put any pressure on the lads or anything. How can we see what we've seen so far in this this season, like, and ever going to a game fair on anyone? We can't because I think there hasn't been a single game. I genuinely don't think there's been a single game so far this season where we haven't deserved to get something. I think there's been games where we deserve to get more than we got. I don't think any single game we deserve to lose, including the UCD one. So it will be a tough game, but I think every single game now, taking it week by week, teams need to worry about us just as much as we need to worry about anyone. You know, it, it, I think it'll be another very good game as well, actually. Darren, I'd say the week after has gone to Kevin's head. I've never heard him so positive. Maybe it's because Jack's on the podcast and he doesn't want to show Jack up or anything, but I've never seen him so positive. Darren, I suppose your outlook on, uh, on Cabin Teeley. Yeah, well, Cabo, to be fair to him, like the last few years, they've put, a, put together a quite impressive squad. <clears throat> and I know a few other players have went to their, kind of similar to a UCD product, like they've went around the league, you know, so uh, they've, they've probably been a good addition to the league as well. So, look, but it, it is a game you'll be looking at, and I'm sure Jack and the lads will be looking at it and saying, right, we have a good chance of beating these, you know, but up to Dublin, uh, the confidence is high. Um, I, Look, I've watched I've watched one of the, uh, the highlights of one or two of their games this year as well, and they're kind of they're good going forward, but defensively they look poor. So hopefully, like like Sean Redden, hopefully Joel gets back in uh, back around the side as well, and we can cause them a lot of problems. It'd be nice to get a good convincing win, you know, instead mm. of I know, I know Jack would agree with me instead of hanging on there and fighting and digging deep towards the end, even though sometimes they can be the best wins you can get. But um, it'd be nice to score a few goals, build more confidence. And I've no doubt, like, the lads there, when you see the squad, like, the other night, I think, when we seen the injury doubts before the game, a lot of people were going to worry, but when the team sheet was handed in, and even myself and Kevin looked at it and said, like, that's probably near enough to our strongest 11, bar one or two, you know, so, obviously, Mark Walsh has been outstanding this year, so, look, the lads know that they have the ability to beat Kevin Teeley, it's just about getting it right, getting a good week's training in, and... I'm sure the lads be prepared. Like we said it last week about Tommy, um, having his game plan ready and uh, knowing that loan, like he would have known that loan, like done a lot of homework on him, having played him twice in preseason. So I'm sure he'll do the exact same thing with Kevin Teeley and look forward to the game as well, you know. Now, Jack, there you are. No pressure, but if you if you do, you'll hear all about it. I'll never be asked back on the podcast again. <laughs> um, I suppose, Jack, if you had to pick the worst dress in the squad, who who comes into training and uh, needs to go away and have a uh, give their head a wobble? The worst clubber. Um, all I can go off like we haven't even had a a night out like you know COVID, so I can really only go off people showing up in their bloody training gear. Um, if I had to pick off who I would think has the worst clubber, it would have to be either Sean Gearns, who'd show up to some sort of team night out in camouflage stuff. Um, <laughs> or I feel like Marky Walsh would be a good man for like a check shirt and a nice pair of boot cut jeans um, and I could just be completely off the mark there but I'd probably go with one of those two 
And look, I, we haven't obviously we, we know about Mark's injury and we haven't spoken to him. And I just presume you have. How is he keeping her? He was the... yeah, he was there on um he was there Friday night, so he seems in good spirits. Obviously, he's um like it's a it's a bad injury to get. I mean, he's um he's working and the whole lot. I mean, he's a job and two kids, and so it's a bad one to to pick up. But look, he's he's staying positive. Um, I don't know the exact time frame on how long he'll be out, but. Uh, look, it's just uh, it's just a bit of a sickener, and I don't want to dwell on it because I think it's been spoken about enough now how the kind of injury came about and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, look, it's a sickener for him because, as you say, he's been outstanding the the start of the season. Um, and if he was still playing, you know, he he'd definitely be in there with a shout for kind of um player of the season so far. So, um, yeah, look, it's a sickener for Marky, but uh, please God, he'll be back sooner rather than later. Yeah, and um, what what would be your best memory so far? in the couple of months that you've been together it can be it can be a match it can be outside a match it can be training and whatever whatever comes um, just when you said it to me there it stands out the, the, I, I can't even remember now was Wexford at home or for, was that our first home win yeah I think well, was it? yeah the last the last kick of the game there uh, their right full had it and he belts it into the box and it's between myself and Shawnee Gearns and I knew there was no one behind me so I called it and he stopped and I just let it go out for the goal kick. And I remember the referee blew the whistle. And we just turned at each other and both screamed the head off each other. So I think um, <laughs> to pick one, that would probably stand out. And obviously the goal, actually. But to be fair, <laughs> and I said this as well uh, on a podcast today, you wait years and years to score a goal in the League of Ireland and then you score one and you can't bloody remember the thing. It's all, it's all a blur. I've watched back the video bloody 40, 50 times. I'm not ashamed to admit it, trying to think. Why, I'm looking at it thinking, why did I kick the ball so hard? I absolutely milled the thing into the bottom corner. I'm thinking, will you not just place it past Schlings into the corner? But uh, no, look, one of, the, one of those two are definitely the, the standout moments so far, yeah. I suppose since you brought it up, we might as well talk about the goal now. Um, we were, we're going to keep your head. Keep tactics, the tactics, 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 Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, Kevin, it was, it was a, a well-taken goal, as we said earlier, but uh, unusual for Jack to find himself in that position. Yeah, look, it's, but like, yeah, even at that, I just, I think there's something with these, um, with these recent lynches because Leija was an attacking midfielder who did all sorts, and he still couldn't score a goal for us. But <laughs> <laughs> I think Jack has scored one, and I think he's half to half to tell Leija had now, and he's two or three years at the club. But no, no, look, I think it's, um, it was, it was very well taken. I, I didn't expect it. Like, I didn't expect, no offense to Jack, like, but obviously, I've seen him only really as a right back and a centre back for us so I, I didn't expect him to have the composure he did like and t- to be very honest I think if I'd realised if it hadn't happened so quickly I would have panicked and I realised it was him that had got it no offence to Jack but I would have liked that to be the other way around you playing it to Shani. <laughs> yeah, if it was the other way around I would have never gotten it into Shani. So. <laughs> no but in fairness like I know like you're saying like um you were saying on Twitter about the shank, and you're saying about why you hit it so hard. But it, it was it was great on board, and it was a great finish. Like I think everyone's going to talk about. Obviously, they should because it was a quality pass out of Sean. Like, and I think there's not many in the first division that can do things like that. Like Sean can. It's, like we've spoken about it before. He has the quality where he can open things up. But I think don't forget in the middle of it all, and not just because he's on here, because. I'll read him the next time he's on if he's saying badly. Like I think it needs to be appreciated more the fact the touch Jack took in the finish. Like that wasn't as easy as he made it look at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a quality goal. To be fair, 
The um, best part, just I just wanted to bring it up, lads, before we, for before we glaze over. The best part of the video is Red Hanlon taking a shot from 50, <laughs> I don't know, 57 yards out from the centre circle. It's just <laughs> absolute. Between that and my old lad talking about trying to get Atlone out of his mouth, he clearly doesn't know. He's too busy watching the game. They are the two. Never mind the pass, never mind the finish. Red taking a shot from 75 yards and my OLED trying to his best to commentate are the two best things about that video. Are you he just wanted a break, right? To be fair, didn't he? Yeah, I, I was slagging him <laughs> off. I said, you, you you didn't want to turn around to pass it to me. So you just got one of the Athlone boys to do it. You just hammered it off his shin. <laughs> are you trying to say Red couldn't pull off a 75-yard finish? Yeah, he's kind of proved me wrong so far. As well. <laughs> Jeez, heck, I was looking at that one in UCD thinking, there's no way this hits the back of the net. Not oh, we'll never hear the end of it. And then he celebrates. And I'd say him sprinting to his knee slide is he was just trying to get the numbers up on his GPS. Do you know what I mean? I said, you're... <laughs> You were saying as well about your turn of pace when you get going. I think the fastest I've seen you go so far is running into the corner to celebrate the other day. That's a fact as well. As you say, you got to take you got to take these opportunities when you come. That might never happen again, Kevin. <laughs> 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 I suppose, Darren, to, to go on the goal again, the, the pass through was something else. But I suppose it's almost Sean making up because he, he probably should have scored a couple of minutes beforehand when he was one on one with the keeper and he tried to lap him. Yeah, he, he tried to chip him, you know. Um... Uh, Sean's been fantastic, right? To be fair to him, um, it was a very, very good goal. You know, um, Jack, <laughs> Jack, there. I'd say he only scored it because myself and Kevin were screaming him to place it. I don't know if he heard us. Like, <laughs> so we were roaring. We didn't even know it was him in the box, but it turned out it was. But yeah, I think a few of our players in with the knee slide. I think Ray got injured from the knee slide, so he won't admit it. But I think he really did. He was Wasn't struggling half it. Yeah, look, Sean, Sean, Mac, going back to Sean McSweeney there. We know how good he can be, you know. And as I said about the spine of the team there as well, um, with with the likes of Jack Clyde, Sean and Anto, it just gives you that bit of bit of uh, solidness in front of the back four as well with the two lads there and it gives Sean that opportunity to play. But as I said about that change, I was really impressed with Tommy making that change with, um, obviously Ray gets tired and he's putting in a lot of work, you know. And you can see the commitment he's put in but having the option of Joel there when he put Joel into the ten. Uh, I think we really, really opened that loan up. And the Willie Armshaw change was actually good as well. Uh, he, he was really lively when he came on. I think the, we scored from... Um, I think we scored, but the referee pulled it back because he took a quick free. But he looks an intelligent player. And players like that are, as we said about players, being patient and taking their chance. I'm sure that young lad now is going to get a few more games in the next few weeks. Mm. Uh, Jack, I, I suppose if, if we... We said Tommy wasn't much of the tactician, as, as you put it, not us, but... Uh, when we did switch, we, we seemed to switch to three in the middle for the last couple of minutes. And do you, was that something that you worked on kind of coming into closing out the matches that you wouldn't have closed out in previous games? No, to be completely honest, it wasn't. And I think it was a super, super spot on, on Tommy's part because that's what Callum's good at, you know, sitting in front of the back four, just breaking things up. He can do that kind of Mark Walsh role when, when, when he's needed to. So um, that just let me and Clyde, I mean, you see one of the, one of the clips, I think it's the 87 minute. And we're pressing, and Clyde. I think Killian Cantwell is going to have nightmares about Clyde running after him in the in the eighty ninth minute. He tries to do about three or four. Cruyff turns and eventually manages to get it out and kicks it straight to me. And we actually go down, and that's the chance I have then that my swinger of a left foot where it gets deflected and and goes wide. But um, like that's it, that's what it allows us to do. That change just lets freeze me and Clyde up, and we can kind of go and 
try and kill the game as best as we can then but um, yeah, look, it's the lads that came on have done have done super, um, and I suppose I should probably shout out Matt McEvitt as well. I mean, he's like another version of Red. Basically, he might get around the pitch a bit more, but he'll he'll put his body on the line and he'll win headers and he'll win frees. He's a, he's a very smart footballer, um, and he's done super every game he's come on. And as you say, that you you saw that again on Friday, he's given us a, a really good platform to to play, even when we are trying to to hang on to a result. Mm. And rumour has it, Kevin, you were in Tommy's ear telling them what changes to make at matches. Uh, look, it's we sponsor him, so I think we, we're allowed to pick the team, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough, no, we didn't get the sponsorship up in, in time to we could pick the captain, but maybe next year. Any chance you just leave, if you're picking the team, you'll just leave me in the one position for about three weeks in a row, no, that'd be sound. <laughs> no, you're going left back next I'm week. going left back next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Speak about Sean McSweeney and the talent that he has and, and what he brings to the games, Jack. Is he like that in training? He strikes me as someone who doesn't train too hard, but just can come on to a match and turn it on when he wants. Exactly. Like he didn't tra- he didn't train during the week, as you say. Like I and I, I probably I don't even know, should I say this? But I mean he was carrying an off like he he he's he's got a, a bad old Achilles, so um he didn't train during the week. He, he showed up on Friday and then that's what he does. But yeah, look, that's what he does in training as well. I mean, he's the sort of player that lives for a five-a-side, you know. He will just um, tear it up when it comes to, to that sort of thing. Um, doesn't want to work too hard. And I suppose that's what I'm trying to... Um, you, if you ever see me shouting at, him in, shouting at him in a match, that's probably what I'm shouting at him for is to, to work a little bit harder. But it's hard to scream at him when he, when he puts the ball in, in front of you then kind of 10 yards out with only the goalie to beat so yeah look he's a he's a super but he's always been a super footballer I mean I played with him at colleges and uh, under 19s and whatnot and played against him when he was at Limerick and I was at Galway and you never really wanted to come up against him because as you say you think he's doing nothing and then 10 seconds later he's the ball in the back of the net so look it's just we're just lucky to have him and it's it's good to be playing in a in a team with him now as, as opposed to against him more times before we finish or uh, you know what it's just uh... No, I won't. Look, that's the last time I'll give it a shout-out then. Just... <laughs> Who's on the music in the dressing room, if you have any? Clyde is on the music, and myself and Red have had serious debates about this. It's He was a little bit better now on Friday, but it's been very touch-and-go up to now. Well, what's, um, what, what, what's he playing? There's a lot of sound, um, a lot of beats, you know, just not a lot of... I'm a man who appreciates some lyrics in a song, and that's what would constitute a song to me. But... Uh, Himself and Murph, Alan Murphy, like this, uh, I don't know, drum and bass, dubstep, you know, you wouldn't get a lot of uh, lyrics coming out of their songs. But look, it's grand to get you pumped up for a match. But when the match doesn't start for another hour, I don't know, is it the best thing to be uh, listening to? So myself and Red might have to have a, a little word there in, in, in the weeks to come. Control of the music now, seeing as if you control the team, you might as well go into the dressing room yourselves and deliver the team talk and play the music. Not a bother. Put on some good tunes for the lads there. Bring the drum, bring the drum. <laughs> the drum, yeah. yeah. God, is there anyone that wants to play the drum? Like, <laughs> I think my back's in bits from it down through the years, but look, if there's anyone out there who wants to play an application to take over, I'm, I'm willing to listen to offers, you know? <laughs> I'm a Jack... small bit now in my old days, like, going in 30 <laughs> there in two weeks. <laughs> I suppose, Jack, you're, you're, you're probably looking forward to, to having the, the, the fans back in the markets field and having the likes of Darren and Kevin chanting and, and just getting that buzz around League of Ireland soccer properly back. Yeah, like I suppose one of the main things that sticks out to me and especially now with, with COVID and no fans was the, um, I remember we played Cork in the, the FEI with, with Galway last year and it was kind of one of the first times I saw 
aim in DC Park close enough to sold out. Um, and like it's just when you compare that to what we have at the minute, like it does sound cliche, but it really is just it's two different games. Like it's it's no comparison whatsoever. Um, and thankfully that night we we ended up kind of dogging out another one nil win, but. I can only imagine what it would have been like against Wexford, you know, the first home win against Cork, uh, coming back after they pegged us back to one all. Um, loads of these things, even last night or on Friday, sorry, um, against the super side like Athlone to come to to kind of beat them one nil and nullify it's probably harsh on Athlone, but pretty much nullify the what they have, which might be kind of the best front three, front four in the league. Um, I can only imagine what the what the Marcus feel would have been like. I can only imagine what antics the two boys would have been up to, uh, up in the stands. So probably something just shy of illegal, but we won't, uh, we, won't we won't dwell on this. We'll we'll just pray that they get back in there soon enough. I'm uh, sure Kevin, if we had, I'm sure if we had fans for the cock game, um, we would have been in a bit of trouble the week after. But yeah, exactly. We would have sorted out Jack and all yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kevin, this is your your chance to stress that you do nothing ever, never. I resent I resent that accusation. <laughs> How dare you? I don't know who brought those pyrotechnics into Sligo that time. It was it was Lou Crimes that brought him in. There you go. <laughs> and he's now starting left wing under the name William Marshall. <laughs> you can't you that. enjoy that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have feel this podca- I have a feeling this podcast is going to get taken off air, Jamie. No, keep going. <laughs> when did Luke Grimes grow a mullet, lads? Jesus Christ. I, I haven't seen him during lockdown. I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, like... delighted just to get him mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> to try and bring it back to the treaty, some bit, uh, Jack, um, who who would you say is Mr. Vane in the dressing room who's constantly looking, looking at themselves and fixing them? Oh, Clyde. Clyde, <laughs> gotta be. <laughs> gotta be. Clyde's been like that. Like, I love Clyde, you know, and we have a a super understanding when we when we play football, but I have no problem saying it. He is definitely, um, he's been Mister Vane his his whole uh, football and career. Myself, even back when we were playing bloody under thirteens and under fourteens at Mungret. Um, super footballer, but uh, yeah, loves it. Looking himself in the mirror big time. And the team, T- red. Although we have a couple, you know, there's boys in there that are funny that don't try to be funny, but uh. Yeah, Red has come out with some uh, humdingers so far this season, to be fair to him. Has there been any, you know, you always see the managers over in England, the players, when they when they transfer first, has there been any uh, initiation or anything like that for any of the lads? We haven't even had, we'll have to wait until everything eases up and kind of stuff opens up. I don't know when it is, kind of June 7th or whatever, but we'll have to get a few of the lads uh, singing songs and, and stuff like that because I reckon there's a few, I reckon there's a few gems in there. I reckon Charlie Fleming might have a little bit about him when it comes to... Uh, holding a tune but there's another few who I think might just embarrass themselves a bit a bit too much we might have to uh, put a ban on phones that night so no one uh, captures anything that would, would hurt anyone else's ears it wouldn't matter no one darling Kevin they'd find their way in there somehow you probably would let's you'd be invited to be fair <laughs> I can just imagine I I reckon I'd put a sizable wager on Mark Ludden singing something country I just have a feeling either country or Joe Dolan He'll resent that now. Ah, Joe Dolan, <laughs> you could be a bit closer. Like he is, I don't know what is. He's probably yeah. Then Joe Dolan's probably in his wheelhouse, considering he's about seventy odd. So I imagine Joe. I imagine Joe Dolan is just on a constant loop in the streets of Cardiff. Inn. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He's driving the he's probably driving the nicest car of the of the squad, anyways. And I wouldn't be surprised if you were to look in there and see an old Joe Dolan mixtape flying around. <laughs> Has there been any uh, any pranks of any been any fish in the cars? Has there been anything like that? There's been like there has we're I suppose exactly what we're we're waiting for things to open up a small bit, as you say. But I I can tell you right now, I'd imagine Red will be at the the helm of most of the uh, kind of uh, pranks, as you will. But uh, no, nothing that stands out as of yet. But I can imagine uh, Red and Anto are probably on WhatsApp to each other as we speak, <laughs> planning something for the the week. Um, things start to open up. Ramos and Ibra, can you can you get a better combination than that? Ramos and Ibra, exactly the deadly <laughs> duo. By the way, speaking about that, every everyone took note of Anto weaving his way through about four players, yeah. In the second yeah, half, every, yeah. The, I, <laughs> I probably had the best view in the house of that, and I was just screaming at him to pass the ball anywhere, kick it out of play, kick it into LCFE. I don't know where it goes, but uh, yeah, he just he it was like Joel. Joel came on and started dribbling for about thirty seconds, and then the, he, he passed the ball to Anto, and it was like whatever you can do, I can do better. And he must have went round in the world for a shortcut. And uh, yeah, as you say, stroll out then like Beckenbauer. He was. I don't know where he got that from. As soon as as soon as I thought that, I thought to myself, "Yes, I'm going to bring this up." <laughs> <laughs> Darren, I told Kevin back from jumping onto the pitch to embrace with. Uh, with I was going. Yeah, well, sure. Look, I think Anto's going to get a screamer anyway this year, and Kevin's definitely going to go on the pitch and get a two match ban or something. <laughs> It'll be worth it for him. Do you know what I mean? I can't steward myself, Dan. No, you can't steward yourself. <laughs> I can picture the League of Ireland TV cameras picking that up. <laughs> Kevin flying across the pitch then so. as long as I'm wearing the mask oh yeah where's the mask we'll be fine COVID protocols and all that <laughs> we'll all be vaccinated there soon enough and we'll all be back at it says you. I suppose Jack and who, who's Mr. Hard as Nails who, who lets on that they're the big rock in the, in the oh, spot Mark Walsh well Mark Walsh and Shawnee Gearns but I have to give it to Mark Walsh because I'm pretty sure Mark actually wanted to come back on after he went off against Shelburne I heard that he actually asked as his jaw was sitting outside the edge of the box, uh, that he was okay <laughs> to come back on. Um, so I would probably, as as much as Shawnee is literally in the army, I'd probably have to give it to Mark Walsh just for that statement. <laughs> He'd only uh, one thing in mind if he came back on, that was a smash Michael Connor. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Connor. I would be, if, yeah, I'd, I would have feared for Michael Connor if he got back yeah, on. Yeah, he was definitely in danger. <laughs> Some say Kevin is patrolling Michael Connor's house. <laughs> Well, we have him. We have him well marked. <laughs> the reason he was missing last week as well. I can't um, speak about that for legal reasons. But... Yeah, for legal reasons, you're right too. <laughs> I suppose, Jack, just before we let you go, and you've been brilliant to come on and talk to us, what are you looking forward to for, for the rest of the season for yourself? Um, Look, it's, I can I can keep it simple. I'm looking forward to getting more results and looking forward to getting more points on the board. Um. Yeah, look, it's just every week is is a pleasure now to be spending it with the with the lads you're spending it with. You know, um, the squad is so good. Uh, there's just great characters in there. It's it's a it's it's just great to be going into to training and to be associated with the lads that are that we've kind of brought together to to represent Treaty in its inaugural season. So, um, to keep it very very vague and not so I won't say anything too specific that'll come back to bite me later. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to uh keep plugging away, keep doing what we're doing, and uh. You know, if we could go to the next round of games in, in the same way that we've done the first round, sure, I think everyone would be uh, delighted with that as well. I suppose if you have to look at it from a personal point of view, are you looking to pop up with a few more goals or 
Are you happy with the one for the season? Yeah, no. I think if if I was to get a run of games, and I was kind of talking about this in my old idea, um, after Friday, if I was to get a run of games, I, like I think I could sneak up with um a few more. I do like those kind of late runs into the box, and even from the likes of Anto and Shawnee who have a good ping in them, I think they could they could find me with those late runs just to try and catch centre halves off guard. But look, if I could chip in with anything, whether it's whether it's goals or assists or bloody goal line clearances at this stage, um. I take whatever whatever is going. Are they only late runs because it takes you that long to get going? Or probably, yeah. <laughs> I need to run around in circles there in the middle of the pitch. I don't know if you saw me the other night. LOITV might have missed it, but um, after Red took his uh, fifty yard shot, it did take me a uh, a bit of a uh, time to get up and going. But look, they couldn't live with me then. Once once I did, so proof is in the pudding. What do you reckon, Kevin? I, I reckon we set Jack a target of goals if he doesn't hit it. He has to come back and do a four four for four. Seventeen. <laughs> I, I would have I would have said three but I'm still very upset that he didn't say one of his best memories so far was coming on this podcast but look that's his own opinion <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 17 you're going to stay well what's the forfeit I don't know we'll have to think closer to the time but yeah. set yourself a realistic goal what would you say if I don't know if I got five I'd be happy let's do you know what yeah. set, and your, if you, set your targets low and if we don't get five, you have to fight Mark Walsh and Sean Gairns. That's great. I take whatever. I'd only be scared of Walsh. Never mind Sean Gairns. <laughs> That's what we'll do. So if Jack Lynch doesn't get five goals, we'll throw it out to the, to the listeners and they can come up with a forfeit for you yeah. if you're happy to take part. I will, yeah. Of course I will. Sure, why not? <laughs> Jack, you, you've been absolutely savage. Thank you very much for giving up your time. We really no appreciate worries, it. Uh, Spot on, lads. Best Cheers luck for having me on. It's a bit right. It's on, Jack. Thanks very much. Best. best of luck, lads. Go on. No, that was a bit calm, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. we, we need to stop being... I don't, know, need... I don't really know what to say about that. That was a good crack. <laughs> we need to stop being nicer to the guests, I think. <laughs> no, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but look, we had it with Tommy a couple of weeks ago. We had it with, with, with Jack this week. Like It just shows, like it's just a down-to-earth club and from top to bottom, you know, it's uh, it's, it's just it's just savage. Like, you know, it's, it's great to be a part of, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a pity that with a few of the things I've said in this one, with solicitor's letters, this might never make it there. <laughs> yeah, we we'll definitely have to get this one out. I think this is um, this is going to break the views, I think. <laughs> we'll have to get back to football now, I suppose, and talk about Kevin Teeny. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try and relax it a little bit. Um, look, Darren, you, you touched on it, Kevin. I'll go to you now. Big match against Kevin Teeny. Look, they're coming off a, a loss against Bray and, and they were battered against Bray. I watched the match back, the match back and they, they were battered. So they're going to look to come back straight away and try and peg us back, you know? Yeah, like I like I said a while ago, I think they're a solid team overall. Maybe not solid defensively, wise, like, but as a team, they're not a, a great, great team, but they're not a bad team. Like They're they're obviously only the point behind us. Like They're, they're one of these teams that's it depends what you get on the day. Like you could get someone to turn up and give you a right good game, or you could get someone to turn up and you see that, like what Brad done to him. Like uh, I was looking at the table there before we came on. Like their goal difference only a point behind us. Their goal difference is minus seven. Mm. Now I know the last three in to Brad, but to be in that position and be minus seven on the goal difference, like they're even the two teams below them, Bray and Cork, have positive goal differences. Yeah. So I think it shows they can be got at and. You know, obviously, like we spoke about it enough times, like um, we're going to have to start paying royalties if we keep saying Sean McSweeney's name. But obviously, we spoke about we have Sean, we have Red, um, we have Joel coming back. You know, like I think we have the players there that will be able to open them up. And with, with that, with how 
also open the air at the back themselves and with how just solid we've been most of the time. I think bar the UCD game, I think we haven't really been terrible for any of the goals we've conceded. Like I think many of them haven't been bad goals to concede. Maybe apart from the UCD ones, I can think of uh, Yo-Yo Maddy's goal for Shells. They should have been a bit better. But when we have that solid foundation and they can be got at, we have the players that can get them. Like I, I'd be... I'd be quietly confident going into this one, to be honest. Yeah, and Darren, I suppose, look, the only reason they're, they're three points be- or a point behind us even with that negative seven goal difference is because that the, the game against Galway was ruled against them with, with a 3-0 defeat, you know, so there'll still be a very evenly matched game. Yeah, they've, they've tipped away quite nicely, you know, as I said, they're a decent enough side, but I'm, I, I'm sure the lads are, our lads will be really looking forward to this game and as I said, they'll want to put on a big performance and try to get a few goals, you know. They must have a massive performance and have a good convincing win. The confidence is flowing through them now when they're back in form. So we talked about it last week that the, getting it right this week was massive. And to see, what the, as Kevin would say, the adversity of the side was getting the win this week. And it was it's really going to build confidence now. I think we're going to go on another run, to be honest, Jimmy. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if we went on a three or four game streak again well let's hope so and I suppose look if, if we want to just stay as uh, we, if we want to take the treaty point of view of it and just look at next game and every game as it comes Karen, there's been no really in between with Cabin Tealy they have four wins and four losses so maybe their failure to be able to close games might be a, a huge advantage to treaty yeah and I love the as well Darren keeps saying he's not putting pressure on the team but he has them winning every single game and won't stop talking about the playoffs but, um... we're definitely getting promoted like we know this day yeah. <laughs> but, uh... it's definitely going to happen <laughs> yeah, but no, look, I like, like you said, Jamie, I think it's it's kind of all or nothing. Like I was saying, it depends which cabin Thiele turns up, whereas I think Treaty have been solid throughout. I think it maybe took us two games to get up to a certain level, but we've been solid all the way through. And I think every week since maybe the third week of the season, we've just been getting better and better on the ball. Like I think that's going a bit unnoticed as well with all the talk of the back four who deserve all the talk because they've been very, very good. But I think every single game, like even the UCD game and from, from the Shells one before it and then against Atlone, it has been improvement and improvement and improvement on the ball and how we're playing attacking-wise. Like, I think we could have had more goals than what we did against Atlone. I think we, we opened them up a few times. We had a few good passages of play. So you would hope that we just, we'd continue that on again and Cabin T, they have one of their bad days. But in saying that, like like you said, they had the points taken off them in the with the whole Galway thing and all this. Like where they could have been if that game was played, they could have been ahead of us, could have been level on points with us. And with all our talk of of Sean McSweeney, they have someone in care, Marty Waters, who can turn a game on his head or who can grab control of a game. He has great quality the same way Sean does, and we need to be mindful of things like that as well. Yeah, and this was Darren. Tommy, Tommy was 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 quick to stress it after the the Athlone game that this team isn't just eleven men behind the ball and there's this been this common perception that they are a team that are eleven eleven, 11 men behind the ball but you saw the the incident Jack spoke about in the eighty seventh minute in the eighty seventh minute where most teams would sit in their own half and try and just take soak up the pressure we were pressing we were keeping the ball so there's a lot more to this team than people realise. Yeah, and I think I've seen a video on Twitter there which I think it's Jermorn put it up and 
it was just the pressing we were doing. I think it was late in the game, and yeah, that's the eighty-seven. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. The serious pressure put on at loan, and it forced them into mistakes. You know, and the, it it just shows the work rate and what the squad is the effort the squad is putting in in training to get up the pace. Considering we had that setback, I know we've been talking about it a lot now, but I think credit goes out to Mick Shields as well. How well he's done getting the getting the team up to up to fitness, you know, and you can definitely see now that they're they're in when it gets to the eightieth minute, like they're really really putting in the effort, you know, and uh, the, you you have to give them credit, and I think it's it's really looking good for the rest of the season now because the team's only going to get fitter and fitter, and I'm really, really looking forward to see what happens at, at, at the end of it, you know, but uh, uh, looking forward to big time. Yeah, and look, I, I want to throw a scenario out to you, both of you because I was talking to someone during the week after the Athlone game and we were kind of talking about the, the big buzzword, sustainability of Treaty. And we were, and Darren, I think you alluded to this in the first week that we ever did this and in the previous interview that I did with you for Blog Irish, but they, they said that, getting promoted this year and I know it's a long way off if it ever did happen could be the worst thing that, that could happen to Treaty in a way because they could feel that they're obliged to spend money like like Limerick did and, and, it, and it could work out for the worst so just wondering what your thoughts about that was well knowing a few of the people on the board I think they'd be if let's just say it does happen by some miracle it does happen I think knowing the people on the board they're not going to be that stupid like the previous people that were there you know so I think like you could see the houses in order Obviously, mm. if it does happen, you're going to sign one or two players to get you up to standard a bit. But uh, I think we're, we're definitely—I know I'm very positive when it comes to treaty at the moment and all—but I think we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. But yeah, I think if it if it did ever happen, I think we have a good we have good people behind the club there that would um that would know not to go crazy in the first season or two. You know, just try to sustain it. Uh, and I think we'd be just about okay. You know, I don't think we're going to go on mental because we've seen. We've seen what it can do to Limerick FC in the past, and uh, we don't want that to happen again, Jimmy. Yeah, hundred percent. And and Kevin, would you be inclined to agree with that? Yeah, like look, maybe if if it was to happen, obviously we'd celebrate it and thing, and it might be a bit too soon. You know, it might be a bit soon, but um, I think if if people if people looked at it realistically, fans more than anything, and took it for look, we're going to say sustainable. Maybe keep the core of players we have now. Give them a taste of it up. It'll be a rough year. We might come back down, but there'll be no point in throwing cash at it and, and ruining what's been a very good start, what's been a very positive start. But to be honest, I don't think there's a hope that would happen. I think the lads that are in there now, we have a great bunch behind the scenes. Um, I think that's one of the very positive things for me. Like I think this is what my... I think it could be my third or fourth difference senior football club with different regimes or maybe even more could be fifth and I, I can honestly say look not to say anything bad about past ones we all know how that ended but when when all the stuff started with Pat and all it was nothing but good and it was great at the start as well but it was kind of more a close shot listen that we have we have very very good people behind the scenes now just I don't want to start naming too many because I know I'll forget people and I don't want to leave people out but you have lads there like say Sean O'Brien is there and I would have spoke to Sean Years and years going back, he, he went to games like these aren't Michael Horn, the same people like that. Uh, Dave Mahidi, these people have had an interest in Limerick senior football for years. They're not just dropping in now out of nowhere, you know, they're not doing this for their own gain. And like back in the days when I used to have a little moan about Limerick FC, I, I, I'd moan to, to Michael Horn, I'd moan to Sean. Obviously, he was 
they are supporting Legion all at the time and he just supported senior football and they spoke a lot of sense at the time. So I, I have great faith in the future of 3D United because these people are involved and even speaking to them now after games, it'd be very easy for them to be patting themselves on the back and giving it the big well done because of how well things are going and you know, taking their eye off the ball, but they haven't got carried away at all. They realise there's still a lot of hard work to go. They're obviously enjoying what's going on at the minute, but they know the work it takes, and I think they wouldn't put anything at risk if that was to happen. Like I think anyone that wants to that wants to look at things now can be safe in the knowledge we're going to be secure one way or another with the people in the background at the minute. Yeah, 100%. Jesus, you, you sounded like a spokesperson there for a second. I, I didn't know who I was talking to. <laughs> Think, things are just that good, Jamie. It's a very positive time, my friend. Listen, uh, you, I, I'm, I look, and you did preparation for the podcast and everything. There's something seriously going wrong in the world, like Kevin Clyde anyway, because this isn't the usual Kevin that we're used to. Prepare. He just comes on for those wins, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, you said it at the start. He doesn't come on for a losing podcast. No way are we going to have a loss and Kevin's going to go. Jamie, I had to be in top form. People were expecting a lot with the star of the show returning. <laughs> the model, the face of the show. I'm surprised we don't have the, the, the logos yourself. I'm, st- I'm starting to think why we don't. <laughs> but uh, Jamie there, can I just put in a second? Of course you can, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to follow up on what Kevin said there about the, the club and all. To be fair to him, just let people in a little secret. Like About, a, I think, a year or so ago, before COVID, uh, Mike McCarthy is currently on the backroom staff with Tommy, you know. Mm. He approached us and he got all our ideas and said, Kevin met with him before us and like everything that he took off us realistically has come to plan, you know, and it just shows that the club has planned nearly two years, year and a half ago. They've been planning for this moment and credit goes out to them and like I know me myself and Kevin have said it, we appreciate the fact that the club uh, took our views on board and have put it into fruition like so like it's just something I wanted to bring up there about Mike McCarthy, and he's doing well in the backroom staff as well. And he's a good person to have around the club. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I think we had a podcast there recently, and I was trying to remember his name and all. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to leave him out. But yeah, we were we really appreciated that night. I think we done it above in the Maldron there. We had a good meeting. I think it lasted about two and a half hours, just talking how we could get senior football back. And it's just brilliant to see that it's back now. And I think everyone is really really looking forward to games. And yeah. From what I hear the other night is rumours going around there could be two to three hundred people allowed in in July. So like there's gonna be a rush for tickets for the members, but it's it's just it, there's gonna be a great buzz when fans get back in and I'm really looking forward to it, you know. Oh, 100%. Well, you, you'll be fine. You'll still be stored and you won't be allowed. Us fans won't take you back up to the stands now. You can stay down in your stores. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we're, we are fully paid members as well, myself and Kevin. So we'll leave a few tickets <laughs> there for you to get them, all right? No, but like, <laughs> no, but just even what's saying, Darren, is there, I think you spoke about it. Um, the last podcast I was on, Jamie, about people that get sick of us being so positive. But I think at the minute, I think the reason things are so positive, obviously the results play a big part. But like we had Jack on there and you listen to Jack speaking and we had Tommy on and you listen to Tommy speaking. It just seems running through the whole club. There's there's great, great people involved the whole way from the boardroom to the players to even just the people helping out around the ground. You know, there's some old faces and some new faces that were on there just seems to be surrounded by by great people and I apologize to any of the lads that uh I know there's a lot bigger board I apologize to anyone I forgot I, I'll name you all out at some stage I promise but <laughs> there's just there's just like every it seems every little part of the club at the minute there's great people there's a lot of positivity like even the coaching staff obviously Tommy uh 
Darren talked about Mike McCarthy there, uh, Dave Rooney's another one. Like he's just myself and Darren see it from just walking away at the grounds, just the, the, the laugh and the openness. So like like Jack said, I think Jack spoke about they want to get to a stage where everyone at the club is accessible and I know people haven't got a chance to see that so much, maybe aside from the webinar and all that time, myself and Darren are in a very lucky position that we, we can get into games, so we're around these people, and it, it really is like that. It really is like that, and I'm sure when fans get back, they'll see it for themselves, and there'll be a big buy-in because there's just, like, uh, sorry, I'm after, just since I named the staff, so you cannot not, and Nick, Nick Shield, he's another one, an absolute brilliant man. He's so funny, a great person to have around as well, so... I think if, if anyone is sick of the positivity, you might as well stop listening because it's not going away anytime soon. Things are, <laughs> that, that's things are just great at the minute. Like That's a massive statement from you. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I suppose re- really, really quickly before we go on to the predictions for next week, but if like h- how impressed have you been with the inclusion? Like you said, your your plans were included. Now, you, like people, fans that have supported Limerick, like yourselves, and any soccer in the region are be asked to be do stewarding. You know, you have young local lads doing ball boys there. Do you know, it's it's massively crucial to have that. Yeah, and I, I think, um, look, again, obviously, myself and Darren and all our group and I had a little bit of trouble with the last club and everyone knows how the last club ended. But I think to give them credit, there was a lot of good times and there was a lot of good people involved with Luminic FC as well. I don't want it to always seem like we're forgetting about it and just having a knock at them people all the time. They gave us some great football in times and there was some very good people involved in that as well. But I think what kind of led to the downfall of Limerick FC is I, like not just me and Darren, we speak to all different sets of fans and it felt like a bit of a closed shop. It felt like you had to be in a certain group and a certain clique to be accepted. It was kind of a dim and us between the club and the fans. And honestly, just for anyone listening, uh, I don't, I don't know why anyone would care about my opinion, but <laughs> things genuinely, genuinely feel so different right now at Treaty. Like obviously the results magnify it all ten times and make everything ten times better. But even aside from that, just the actual feel around the club and the feel around the people at the club, it, it feels inclusive. It feels open. It feels like. If you had any little idea that you talk or help out the club, if you had any little problem, it just feels like you could go to them, and you'd not just you'd not just be listened to and fobbed off. You'd be heard, and it'd be taken into account. And like I said, there's there's a lot of people in there that I really respect to around the team and in the back room, in the board, and all for years. So I know a lot of other people is coming from a lot of different places. You know, there's a lot of different backgrounds on the board, drawing in a lot of people, and you've seen it yourself, Jamie. Like you heard them. Um, you were at the webinar and you heard even away from what, what our main focus is to the men's football team on the pitch. You heard Khan. Oh, yeah, I haven't spoken to Khan myself. I heard him on that. That was the only real time I heard him speak. But I think he came across brilliantly. And even Niall over the women's team came across brilliantly. Seems like an absolutely lovely fella and was more than happy to, to speak to everyone. So I think it, it absolutely runs through the entirety of the club. And it, it, it's a brilliant thing to have like you couldn't you couldn't be off to a better start I think but listen and Darren even just just to touch on that really quickly as well like we go to the webinar like a person like myself asking a question they don't know who I am obviously I would have come up against like teams that kind of been over in in the Desmond League but 
like a young coach like myself asking how can I get more experience what can you offer me for more experience you know wanting to possibly involve with Treaty one day and they're like yeah you can come up to a training session when COVID's lifted like you know just as easy as that as if it's mobile yeah. in the world do you know I think the one thing that's brilliant about it is how open they are you know mm. as I said like they came to us without us even asking we got a, myself and Kevin got a phone call one day when we, we meet and I thought the meeting would never end because we were just coming out with so much, so many good things about what the plans were you know and as you said there, like I hope there's another webinar soon because I, I found that brilliant to include every fan. Like I've seen people on that webinar that I wouldn't know. Mm. Um, from going to games, like, obviously you, you wouldn't know everyone. Like, but I've seen people in that, and they were asking really good questions. And to be fair to everyone involved in the club, from Tommy to the backroom team, they answered everyone. You know, and uh, I hope to do another one of them soon. It'd be great for yourself, even Jamie, there to ask questions like that. You know what I mean? 100% yeah and well look and look and we were talking about getting back into the stadiums really quickly I must ask you a question from a Blue Army point of view what's the story like are you going to stay as stores or are you going to be back in the stand leading the Blue Army uh, we, we can't disclose that information oh, at the moment <laughs> <laughs> no, no, listen Jamie I'm sure the club will um, I'm sure the club are going to be wanting us to be behind the team and they're going to want the first night back with fans to be something to be remembered you know so Look, I know I said there I'm nearly 30 now and I want someone else to take over the drum, but so be it. I'll grab it again and we'll we'll come up with a few songs, I'm sure, and we'll get behind the team, Joe. And it's just having that buzz back and being able to go to away games with the lads is the one thing I'm really, really looking forward to, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's been quite a few years now uh, since we've had a bus trip and I'm sure you would be there with us, Jamie, and I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that opportunity to... I mean, we've we've great friends around the city, and most of my friends are from being a Limerick supporters, you know. So, um, yeah, it's just something I'm really looking forward to, and just having a great day on the road and getting back into the Marcus Field and getting behind the team. It'd be I'm really uh, <laughs> can't put it into words how much I'm looking forward to, you know. And yeah, hundred percent. And Kevin, where where are you in the discussions with the club about the pyrotechnics? I don't know anything about any pyrotechnics. I don't know what you're speaking about. You need to watch WWE for that, I think, Jimmy. <laughs> I, I'm actually I'm actually going to stay being a steward, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to steward the Blue Army from right in the middle of them. <laughs> Just make sure that there's none of this messing in case anyone so, tries to smoke in the stand or anything like that. So if, yeah, you just see any... Kevin running down the steps with a flare in his hand trying to put it out. That's what I was just going to say. Go if there's I any, I, if there's I any flare... If there's any flare in the middle of the crowd, so that's just you calling for backup from the rest of your security, is it? Like, yes. for, like you never know. I could have got confused and thought I was in the middle of a maritime accident and I was trying to draw attention to myself as well, only to snap out of it and realise I was actually in the market field. <laughs> even, even at that, Jim, you just you can't beat noise like that, you know. I'm sure if, like, if we had the Cork game there a few weeks ago with a packed house in the market field, it would have been some night to remember, you know. So it's just... Mm. I'm sure every fan will agree with me. Just getting those nights back, getting back. Just I like. There's a lot of people there I'd be friends with that I haven't seen in a while. So, just getting that back and getting the Blue Army back on the road. I'm sure Kevin will agree with me. That's what we want, you know. Hundred percent. Look, we'll get back to the football really quickly. We'll, we can discuss more of this next week. Yeah. Darren, Camantili prediction. Go. Oh God! Don't even oh. say two one. Don't even say two one. You're never come back on the podcast again. I won't say two one. I'm gonna go four <laughs> nil treaty. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Sean McSweeney is going to score two. Jack Lynch is going to score again. And I'm going to say Sean Gearns is going to get his first goal for the club from a corner. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely going to say draw now, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> 
Again, I want to point out that Darren says every podcast he wants to put no pressure on the team, but he has us promoted and he has us winning four nil <laughs> away from home four nil. Yeah, I, I'm supposed to be retired from uh, from this predictions, but I'll I'll do it for I'll do it one more time. I'm going to say a two a two nil three D win, and I'm also going to say Jack Lynch to add another. No, perfect. Well, boys, we wish the team the best of luck on uh, Friday at quarter to eight. What happens if I get this prediction right, Jamie? There's going to be serious, serious looks into match fixing. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what happens. You have to get Tom Clancy full time because I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, best Fair of luck enough. to the boys on Friday, and lads, we will talk to you next week. See you later. Yeah, we, uh, great to have a great podcast again, and just looking forward to getting back into the grounds. <laughs> If you enjoyed today's podcast featuring Jack Lynch, please do follow us on all social media platforms on Twitter at Treaty Podcast and on Facebook, The Talk is Treaty. As always, if you have any messages, suggestions, or questions for the lads, please do feel free to drop us a message or just comment on one of our posts. <laughs>